Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hello, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are safe and that you are healthy and you are well wherever you are right now. It's a crazy time and I know everyone says that and I keep on saying that and it's just hard not to say that. Um, But, you know, I also feel now this is, I'm recording this on May 7th and it's been almost two months of being locked down here in Los Angeles. And honestly, I think last week is the first week where it just stopped feeling surreal and just started feeling normal. And the shock of it all has finally worn off, I believe. So I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently in a week, but I feel my productivity returning. I feel my inspiration returning. I'm a person who's very good about writing in a journal and I something I normally do every day. And I realized over the last couple of months, I'm not even writing in my journal every day or I hadn't been. Over the first few weeks, I realized I was like, I'm not even writing in my journal every day. I've got all this extra time, but I was just in this state of kind of shock and just so out of sorts and so off my routine. Once I realized that, I was like, okay, I got to go back to my journaling. That's important. And I did. And I'm glad that I did. But, you know, other than that, I just had didn't really feel like I had much of a routine. Every day was the same, but different. And now I'm finally, you know, feeling more normal and more like I have a routine. So if you can relate to that feeling that limbo of not really having a routine, I would very much recommend taking some baby steps to getting one because it definitely does help. Okay. So today it is a solo episode. It is just you and me. And I'm excited to talk to you about authenticity, which is a topic that is definitely on my mind this week. You know, it's interesting when I talk to my clients, oftentimes there'll be a theme that emerges. I'll have, you know, maybe three, four or five sessions in a row where there is something that happens in their life that's very similar or, you know, has a similar maybe kind of root cause. And it's interesting when that happens. I'm like, oh, wow, there's something in the ether. This is coming out for people. And for me, this past week, definitely that thing that's been coming up a lot is this question and this issue of authenticity and what it means to be authentic and how it benefits you to be your authentic self. So I was thinking about authenticity. I was journaling about authenticity and I found a few quotes about authenticity because I decided to just do a little Googling on the topic. And there were three quotes that really stood out that I want to share with you today that really frame the different ways in which I've been thinking about authenticity and talking about it. And hopefully this will be helpful to you. So the first one comes from Coco Chanel and the quote reads, she said, hard times arouse an instinctive desire for authenticity. And I just thought that was so interesting because I think if I had read that maybe two months ago or six months ago, it wouldn't have really struck me. But because we are obviously in a hard time right now, it definitely resonates. And like I said, and you know, with my clients, I, I see this coming up a lot in different ways. And I think that for all of us, one of the benefits of this time is that we are kind of forced to go inward more than we might normally do or feel comfortable doing. And one of the big questions when you start to really think about yourself and your life and what's important to you and what's not working for you in your life anymore and what you want to manifest in your life, it really does always come to this question of authenticity because 
to really be authentically you, you have to know who you are. And a big part of knowing who you are is knowing what it is that you want. And I happen to believe that we all know what we want in our hearts. We know what is right for us, but there's a lot of noise that we get that really makes it hard for us to tap into that knowledge and tap into that knowing. And, you know, when it comes to the question of authenticity, which is really just about being who you are and not being a version of yourself that you think is going to make other people like you. You know, if you're a person who, for instance, you spend a lot of time in your head really, really thinking about overthinking, well, you know, what are you going to say? Or what are they going to think? Or what will people think of me if I do that? Or, oh my God, I said that thing. I can't believe I said that. And now they're going to think I'm this. And if you can relate to that, and certainly everyone can to some extent, we've all been there, some of us more than others. But, you know, that's a real sign. And that's one of the real costs of being inauthentic and not speaking your truth and not filtering everything you say based on if I say what I really think are people going to like me. If I show up in a way that's outside of my family's expectations or my community's expectations, am I still going to be loved? If that filter really takes a toll on us to constantly be second guessing who we are and trying to change who we are to fit into someone else's expectations. So that's really living your life for another person. And, um, you know, I think for some people, I have one client who for her, she really has recognized how much of her life she has given to her work and she loves her work. So it's not as if though she doesn't want to do what she does because she actually has a lot of passion for it. But now that she has this pause, she realizes, wow, so much of my life has just been my career. And there's all these other parts of myself and other areas of my life that I've completely neglected. And it all felt so necessary at the time. It all felt so necessary because that was what was expected of me. And that's what being successful looked like. And, you know, you had to be the hustle, hustle, hustle person. And, you know, I had that pressure for my whole life. And, you know, now she's starting to rethink that. And for her, it's, right now she's in a process of just figuring out, okay, well, what do I want? What feels good to me? Because she's for so long been operating based on what other people want and what other people expect of her that she hasn't really stopped to ask herself that question. And it's a real gift to be able to ask yourself that question. And I know that can feel very scary if it's something that you're not used to doing. But I think in order for us to navigate all of the challenges of our lives with the most possible ease, right? Not that they were going to make everything easy, but it's like not needless challenge, not needless suffering, not needless pain. Knowing who we are, knowing what our truth is, which is what authenticity is about, is so crucially important. So when you're really distracted and there's lots going on and you don't give yourself the opportunity or you don't have the opportunity to go inward and figure out what your truth is, then it's easy to just go on a tide of everything else and you just ignore it, ignore it, everything else, everything else, do what everyone expects of me, you know, on the hamster wheel of life. But these tough times, all of those kind of coping mechanisms are not available, you know, certainly not to the same extent for most of us. So doing that inner work and having that desire, as Coco Chanel said, you know, that instinctive desire for authenticity, I think is a very true statement. It's absolutely necessary and normal during times of hard times, times of crisis, because that's how we're going to survive. That's how we're going to survive, but really knowing our truth. And then the next quote that really stuck out to me is by Brene Brown, who I just think is great. 
And I'm always recommending her book, Daring Greatly, if you have not read it already. I highly, highly recommend it. And she says, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. So the choice to let our true selves be seen. And it's easy to kind of read those quotes and be like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, like on Instagram and keep going. But if you stop and you really think about that for a moment, you know, authenticity is the choice to let our true selves be seen. At least for me, when I think about that sentence, I can see, I get a little like, ooh, there's a little fear there. There's a little bit of like, oh gosh, my true self be seen, right? Because that's what inauthenticity is, is when we are hiding our true selves and we're hiding behind whatever kind of mask. And man, are we really, really good as humans as finding different ways to hide our true selves? And that can just feel like the scariest thing. The scariest thing, that is vulnerability. Another thing that's come up, you know, with my clients recently about vulnerability is in the context of dating in particular, but this is in really in any context, any relationship, whether it's family or friends or whatever, when we show up in our relationships and we are doing this projection of, you know, in this calculation of, okay, what do they want? What's going to make them like me? What's going to get that approval in this moment? All of that. What's going to make this person want to keep dating me? All of that. If that's like what is driving our actions and our motivations, not only does that cut us off from our true selves, but it really is building a wall between your true self and another person. And the act of authenticity is an act of vulnerability because to show someone who you really are and not do the calculation of if are they going to like me if I show them who I really am is it can be a really, really scary thing. The good news about it is that just as Brene Brown says, it's a collection of choices that we have to make every day. So authenticity, just like vulnerability. It's not a one and done thing. It's not a, oh my God, I blew it in that moment. I just, I didn't speak my truth. And now I I never get to speak my truth again. No, we get infinite opportunities to practice. (laughs) And when you practice more and more and more, then it does become easier. Now, the challenge of stepping into your authentic self and letting your true self be seen is when it comes to your existing relationships, if you've never let yourself really be seen in those relationships and then you start doing it, that is going to change the dynamic of your relationship. And it might change it for the better because when we are our authentic selves, we give other people permission to be their authentic selves, right? I'm sure you can think of people that you've known in your life and maybe it's even a celebrity or a public figure and you see them being so unabashedly, proudly true to who they are and you get inspired by that and you feel like, oh, wow, maybe I can do that. If she can be so bold, maybe I can be so bold, right? And you have the opportunity within your relationships to also be that model to other people of this is a safe place. Like I'm going to let myself be seen by you and I'm going to hopefully that'll encourage you to let me see you who you really are. So, but when you start doing that, maybe the relationship can really grow and thrive with this new level of authenticity. And maybe the relationship is going to fall away. It might end. It might end because the terms, you know, the quote unquote terms of the relationship have changed because, you know, the person who you were pretending to be, the dynamics that you were willing to accept, those are no longer on the table because you're done with that. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good pretending that I'm okay with this. I'm good with putting 
all of your needs before my own and you not being interested at all what I have to say or or how I feel or what I think about or what I care about. So some relationships will end and that can be a real challenge. And I actually had someone say to me this week, well, you know, if I start really being authentic in my friendships, I don't know if I'll have any friendships left. And that's a reality that you might have to face. And that can feel very, very, very scary. But what I would recommend that you really focus on is, yes, first of all, relationships may end. If they end, you can mourn the end of those relationships, but you can also now, you have an opportunity to create new relationships with people who see you for who you are and love you and appreciate you for who you are. And really focusing on that, focusing on not the challenge that's immediately in front of you, but focusing on what the point of it is, what the goal is, what you're working towards, the vision that you have for the relationships that you want, and really letting that vision come to life and let that vision really be the motivation that you need to face the fact that, yeah, you might have some short-term pain or disappointment, but we can withstand a lot more pain and disappointment than we realize. And when you accept that, you're like, okay, this is part of the process of growth. This is the part of the process of being human. Sometimes you have to do things that are hard. Sometimes you have an outcome that's sad, but you can get through that sadness. You can get through that fear. And if you don't judge yourself for being sad, if you don't judge yourself for being afraid, then it makes it a lot easier to actually do that thing. And then you can go through that sadness of mourning a relationship if that's what it takes, but then you'll be okay. You'll let yourself feel that sadness. You'll let yourself have that mourning period, and then you'll emerge from that stronger. And like I said, really focusing on why authenticity matters to you. And one other thing I want to say about that is that, you know, and I've kind of mentioned this already, which is there is a real cost to being inauthentic. There's a real cost to us hiding our true selves. And the cost is to us emotionally, even if we're not super conscious of it all of the time, there is an emotional toll that it takes on us. There is a cost to the quality of our relationships. You cannot be loved and appreciated for who you are if people don't know who you really are. That doesn't feel good. I don't know, maybe you can think of a time in your life and I know I can think of multiple times in my life, especially in my youth, where I was just totally not myself. I was just totally just trying to be a version of who I thought would be palatable, who I thought would be cool, who I thought would be attractive, who I thought would be the kind of girl that this boy that I liked would like. I've had times in my life where I've done that and I've always just felt so shitty. Like it doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel good. I've never been able to do that for too long because I really am so uncomfortable with that feeling that I really just, my desire to be my authentic self, I think is very strong. I think it's strong in all of us, but I'm more tapped into that. It's very difficult for me. So I kind of gave up pretending to be someone else really long time ago because I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. (laughs) If any of you watched me on Survivor and maybe didn't even know that I was on Survivor, but I was, it didn't go well at all. But what I did learn about myself, well, I learned a few things about myself through that experience. But one thing that I learned about myself and I was actually able to be very proud of was that I really was myself. 
And I don't know if you're familiar with Survivor, but it's a reality show. It's a game. You're divided into tribes. You compete against each other. When you lose, you vote people out off your tribe. So it's this very competitive environment. And the prize is a million dollars. So the stakes are high and it's a bunch of competitive people. So there's a lot of scheming and lying and manipulating. And I don't say this to like, you know, like I'm this virtuous person. I mean, trust me, I have my issues, but I'm not really that manipulating and scheming and lying is not something that comes that naturally to me. I've got other issues. I mean, you know, so it's really not in that way, not in a smiling in someone's face, but talking badly about them behind their backs. That's not something that I do typically in my life. And, um, but it's kind of necessary for the game. And I went out there thinking, I'm, I'm totally going to play this game. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to say whatever I need to say to get people on my side. And I had this whole plan that I was going to be this really like not a villain, but just this really determined, you know, chameleon, just this like, say whatever you need to say to get to the next, you know, day in the game. And literally that lasted for about two hours. And I was like, you know what? In my mind, I'm going million dollars, million dollars, right? I was trying to focus on that thing that was going to motivate me and to do this thing that was really hard. I'm like million dollars, million dollars. And I just like, fuck it. It's not worth a million dollars. It's not worth a million dollars to pretend to be someone that I'm not. I just can't do it. That is just an illustration of a time in my life where I very much attempted to be someone other than myself and it just felt really bad. And so I would encourage you, if you are someone who feels like it's hard for you to even know what your truth is, you know, I think if you had experiences in your past and your childhood with caretakers and your community with media, if you got that messaging at a very early age, and we all do to some extent, that there is a certain way that you're expected to be and to be different than that is to be unlovable, rejected, not good enough, weird, outcast, you know, all of the things. If you got that message, then it might be very challenging for you to know what your truth is because you learned a long time ago to suppress what your truth is in favor of this other larger thing, this larger idea. And if that's the case, I would really encourage you just to really start to pay attention to your emotions, just really physically breathing, taking deep breaths, tapping into your physical body. Our emotions speak to us in our physical body. If I say, what does anger feel like in your body? I'm sure you can remember what that feels like in your body, right? The tension of that. If I ask you, what does joy feel like in your body? What does gratitude, what does relief feel like in your body? What does love feel like in your body? What does anxiety feel like in your body? What does sadness feel like in your body? Whatever emotion you can think of, we all know physically what it feels like when we're experiencing those emotions, but we can have a disconnect between our processing, like our conscious minds going like, oh, I feel sad, I feel angry. We can have a disconnect between that conscious processing and experiencing the emotion. So we might be experiencing a lot of anger or sadness and our mind is saying, you're not angry. You're not, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And we are lying to ourselves to say that our mind is somehow overriding the emotions. There is no overriding the emotions. The emotions are going to happen whether we acknowledge them or not. And when we have uncomfortable emotions and we do not acknowledge those uncomfortable emotions, then we're really setting ourselves up for a whole world of pain, you know, and those emotions are going to express themselves somehow. And, you know, if you're a person who has anger issues, you have, you know, a lot of anxiety, you have, you know, 
you just have a hair trigger, like you can be fine sailing along and then something happens and you just fly off the handle or you spiral into a dark place. It's very common and it's common that that happens because we are trained from a very early age to really suppress and ignore our uncomfortable emotions, but they are not going anywhere. So the sooner that we are able to acknowledge them, be like, wow, in that situation, I actually felt really uncomfortable in that situation. And when I said this and I really meant that, or why do I feel so anxious when I'm around this person? Or why do I feel so just out of sorts? Why does it feel so uncomfortable? in my body when I, you know, do X, Y, Z, like pay attention, start to really be curious about your reactions to things because that's huge, 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 huge clues. That's really important information as to what is right for you. And then pay attention to the opposite. You know, when do you feel most at peace? When do you feel the most fulfilled? You feel the most joyful? You feel the most seen? You feel the most loved? What are those moments like? And what does that feel like in your body? And how can you cultivate more of those things? So one more time with this quote from Brene Brown, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. Beautiful. Letting our true selves be seen. Could be scary, but it's so worth it. And then the last quote that I really loved on this topic of authenticity, I'll just read it. It's an anonymous quote and it reads, if you're your authentic self, you have no competition. And in a romantic context, in a dating context, this is so true. I wish that this was a message that everyone could really absorb who feels that you have to quote unquote compete with other single people, other women, other men, whatever, because the reality is that what makes anyone lovable, the only reason that we ever truly love and truly fall in love with another person is because they are unlike anyone else we've ever met. No one says, I fell in love with her because she was just like every other woman I'd ever met right? No one ever says that because we are the thing that makes us really, really drawn to another person is when we can see their true selves. So that's why, you know, in dating, there's so much inauthenticity. You go on a dating app these days and it's like attack of the clones. You know, there's so many people and they're just, they clearly feel this pressure to conform to this very specific image, which may be authentic for some of them, but it certainly is not authentic for all of them because there's way too much sameness. There's way, too much copycat. There's way too many cliches and how people are describing themselves. So we are way more diverse than that. We have far more multitudes than that. And in order for the person who's really going to respond to you for you, you've got to let that be seen. And no one is your competition. No one is your competition for your true self. That's it. For your true self. No one is your competition. No one can be you the way that you can, right? You really are unique. You really are one of a kind. And that is what makes you beautiful. And so it's true in romantic relationships. It's true in business. It's true in, and now I'm thinking about Survivor because I was talking about that. It's true in casting. You know, there's a big problem. And I've been through this casting process a few times because I, whatever, I've done it a few times. (laughs) I've been through casting processes and I tend to do very well in the casting process because I'm very good at being my authentic self, right? In those moments, they ask me questions. I'm telling them my truthful answers. And one thing 
that I've learned through that process and through knowing casting directors is how quickly they can spot somebody who is telling them the truth and being authentic versus someone who is putting on an act and putting on airs and just trying to pretend to be a personality, be something that they think the casting is going to like. And it's such a bad idea to do that because even if you succeed, like say you go into, let's take it back to dating. Let's take it away from (laughs) reality TV casting. Say you go into a date and you're like, okay, men want women who are X, Y, and Z. The men who want women who are demure and who are flirty and who are, you know, agreeable. Like say you have that that's kind of what you have in, in your mind. And you view yourself as being, you know, whatever the opposite of Jameer is, right? You actually view yourself as being very bold. And maybe you've been told you're too much. And so you're like, okay, I'm too much. I don't want to freak anyone out. You know, I don't want to be too much too soon. So I'm going to like be really demure. And maybe, you know, you're like, well, it's not really my style to be the kind of flirty, toss my hair, like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. Is that really my style to do that? But men really respond to that. So I'm going to do that. And on and on, right? You can imagine the ways in which you can talk yourself into being something that's really outside of how you operate and you want to operate and it feels good for you to operate. And say you go into that situation and you succeed. And this guy's like, wow, she's so demure and she's so agreeable. And I liked how she kept tossing her hair and laughing at my corny jokes. Like, you know, say the guy's like, oh, amazing. Yes. She's like the woman of my dreams. So now what? At what point would you feel comfortable showing this person who you really are, showing him that actually I'm not Jameer, I'm actually quite bold. Actually, I'm not that agreeable because if something feels wrong to me, then I'm not going to go along with it just to get along or on and on, right? And then you can see how if you decided into a relationship, okay, now I'm ready to be myself, how that person could be like, but this is not who I signed up for. This isn't who I met. Like you're a different person now. So it's very short-sighted in a romantic context, in any context to show up in a way that's not true to yourself, because then what's the end goal? You want somebody to wake up one day and be like, this isn't, you aren't who I thought you were. And then also you're also missing out. What about the men that you went out with who thought, well, she's, you know, she seems, you know, really cool and she's beautiful, but she's just, she's so demure and she's so agreeable. And I just, I don't know. Like, I just felt like she was holding back and I don't want to be with somebody who feels like she's got to, you know, pretend to be someone she's not. That happens. That happens all the time. Even if it doesn't happen always that consciously, we all know on a subconscious level, some of us are more tapped into that than others, whether or not somebody's being real with us. All of this is to say, (laughs) and I'm going to wrap this up now because I do feel like I've been talking for a long time. And hopefully if you're still with me, then yay. (laughs) Thank you for still being with me. But I guess I really want to just drive home that right now, is an opportunity to do some introspection. It's not about being perfect. And by the way, being your authentic self, it does not override kindness or compassion or compromise. It doesn't override seeing that there are parts of your personality that you've developed that maybe are less conducive to harmony in a relationship and you want to work on that. Maybe you want to work on being more patient or being less judgmental. All of those things, Absolutely. You maybe want to work on being a better listener. It's not that 
being authentic doesn't mean, okay, you get to do whatever you feel like doing at any moment, you know, fuck everyone else. You're perfect just the way you are and nothing ever has to change. The point is that first of all, there's no perfection, but your authentic self is beyond personality. Your authentic self is beyond habit. Your authentic self is what feels in your heart, right and aligned. Again, your emotions are really a key to that. And you can absolutely, and I'm certainly obsessed with personal development and I'm obsessed with trying to continually be mindful of the ways in which I can evolve and I can grow and I can face my fears. But doing all of those things again, not perfectly, but doing those things by really being true to what feels right for me at every step of the way has really been the thing that's allowed me to have really great relationships in my life, including my partner, is that I have developed the ability, because it didn't come easy, the vulnerability of really speaking my truth all the time, like kind of doing what I wanted I could do, but like maybe being more expressive about why and saying like, well, that actually, you know, for me, I feel afraid of that or that triggers me and that reminds me of this and that's something that I'm working to heal. And so that's why I reacted that way and I'm working on that. Please, I'm trying to do better. You know, just saying things like that, which I have to say sometimes in my relationship, it's not always easy, but it's so worth it because that's how you grow. That's how you create true intimacy with another person. And it's so, so worth it. So you deserve to have really connected relationships with people who see you for who you are. Are and they love you and appreciate you and respect you for who you are. And it is up to you to strengthen your ability to show up as your authentic true self. So you give yourself the opportunity to have those relationships and you give the people who want that with you the opportunity to actually see you and build that with you and co-create those relationships with you. So Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I'm going to do another shout out for Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, which is about vulnerability and authenticity and shame. And I know that those topics might sound heavy and you may sound like, ah, I don't really know about if I need that. I'm telling you, this book is is amazing game-changing book. I've recommended it to so many people and no one has ever said, eh, it was okay. Everyone's been like, oh damn, that was really good. (laughs) That was really helpful for my life. So I recommend it very strongly. Um, So thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with another interview. So I'm excited to share that with you as always. In the meantime, you can stay in touch with me at Dear Franny on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and at Dear Franny podcast on Instagram. And also, um, I will put a link in the show notes, but on May 9th and May 12th, I am doing two free workshops. Uh, May 9th workshop is about self-love and the May 12th workshop is about finding love. And like I said, they're totally free and um, you do have to RSVP. So I will put a link in the show notes so you can um, so you can reserve your spot. You can also go to my bio on Instagram at Dear Franny and you can click click the link in my bio and you can also sign up there and also see some other ways to connect with me. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are safe and healthy and your loved ones are as well. And if they are not, then just know that my heart goes out to you. I'm sending you a big hug, lots of love from Los Angeles. Thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. Goodbye.